98K News. It's 11 o'clock. I'm Robert Kemp. Tonight's headlines. The government says people who intend to leave Hong Kong won't be getting the next batch of spending vouchers during August. Two men die after a gondola plunges 20 storeys at a residential building in mid-levels and Beijing authorities describe a Covid outbreak in the capital as ferocious. Adult permanent residents are said to get another $5,000 worth of consumption vouchers from the government in August, but the government's added new conditions. People who are deemed to have permanently left the city or intend to do so will not be eligible for the handout, while those who are on track to get permanent residency here will get the vouchers. Wendy Wong reports. $5,000 worth of consumption vouchers will be distributed to adult permanent residents in phases starting from the 7th of August through a variety of electronic payment platforms. But those who have moved out of Hong Kong on a permanent basis, as well as those who are intending to do so, won't be eligible for any of it. Authorities say there are various ways to tell whether someone's moved away for good or not, including whether they have been gone for the past three years without a specific reason or if they have taken out their pensions from the MPF accounts early after reporting that they're leaving permanently. Jesse Wong from the Financial Secretary's office explains that the government can also exclude anyone who's deemed not to have any intention of returning to Hong Kong in the foreseeable future if they can find any evidence of this. This factor is to provide the government with a necessary flexibility to handle individual cases. Eligible recipients can start registering for the vouchers on Thursday, but people who receive the first batch of vouchers in April don't have to register again unless they want to switch to another digital wallet. Two more electronic payment platforms, PayMe and BOC Pay, have joined the voucher scheme, on top of Octopus, Alipay Hong Kong, WeChat Pay and Tap and Go. Two workers have been killed in an industrial accident on Condit Road in mid-levels. They plunged their deaths after the gondola platform they were on collapsed at about 11.30 this morning. Timmy Sung has the details. Police say the middle-aged workers were up about 20 storeys at Realty Gardens when the accident happened. The Labour Department has sent staff to the building site to investigate what went wrong. But Siu Sin Man, chief executive of the Association for the Rights of Industrial Accident Victims, said the workers were inspecting the cradle ahead of planned external wall maintenance when it collapsed, plunging them to the ground. She says her initial understanding was that the platform's cable snapped during the inspection. Monsieur questioned why the inspection had taken place at such a height, saying it could easily have been done just a metre above ground. They only need to test if it can move up and down and if there are any problems with the parts. There's no need to go up so high. The Labour Department needs to investigate and the employer needs to give an account to the victims' families. Monsieur said the two workers had around five to six years of experience in doing such maintenance. The Labour Department says it's ordered the contractors to halt any work involving suspended working platforms at the site. It says it's launched an investigation into the tragedy and related work cannot resume until the contractors have put in place safety measures that the department is satisfied with. Health officials say there's no reason to be overly alarmed despite a recent rising trend of COVID infections. There were 737 new cases today, around 80 fewer than yesterday. Albertown from the Centre for Health Protection says despite the high caseload, other indicators show the health system is not under heavy pressure. 
This is expected as we have loosened some social distancing measures and people are resuming their normal life and there are more and more interactions between people and also more gathering. So we will closely monitor. The most important thing is we have to ensure that there is no increase or we need to monitor the trend of severe diseases and also hospitalization and number of deaths. And so far we haven't noted a continuous increase in these parameters. 305 of today's cases were identified through lab testing, while the rest were from rapid tests that were confirmed by the authorities. 104 were imported. And now the weather. It will be cloudy with a few showers. More showers with squally thunderstorms tomorrow. Temperatures will range between 26 and 30 degrees. Moderate to fresh southwesterly winds, occasionally strong offshore and on high ground. The outlook, showers and squally thunderstorms in the following few days. Temperature is currently 29 degrees and humidity 84%. You're tuned to RTHK. The time is 5 minutes past 11. Beijing authorities have described a COVID-19 outbreak traced to a 24-hour bar as ferocious. Millions now face mandatory testing and thousands have been put under targeted lockdowns, as Frank Jung reports. The outbreak of nearly 200 cases has been linked to the Heaven Supermarket Bar, which had just reopened after pandemic restrictions in the capital were eased last week. Dine-in services at Beijing restaurants resumed on June the 6th, after more than a month in which the city of 22 million people enforced various strict COVID curbs. Health authorities in Beijing's largest district, Chaoyang, where the bar cluster was discovered, have launched a three-day mass testing campaign among its roughly 3.5 million residents. About 10,000 close contacts of the bar's patrons have been identified and their residential buildings put under lockdown. Queues of people have been seen sneaking around some testing sites, while large metal barriers have been erected around several residential compounds with people in hazmat suits spraying disinfectant nearby. Last week, as dine-in curbs were lifted, the Heaven Supermarket Bar again attracted large, noisy crowds of young people, starved of socializing and parties during Beijing's covert restrictions. The bar is renowned for tables filled with bottles and customers falling asleep on sofas after midnight. Authorities have described the bar outbreak as ferocious and explosive, with those infected living or working in 14 of the capital's 16 districts. Business leader says if Hong Kong really does have a high degree of autonomy, then it needs to shift away from Beijing's zero COVID strategy and allow quarantine-free travel to resume. The vice chairman of the International Chamber of Commerce, George Kausley, told RTHK that plans to hold an international financial forum to coincide with the Rugby Sevens in November will be useless if travel restrictions haven't been lifted by then. He made the comments in response to last Friday's concession by Chief Executive Carrie Lam that the strict border measures she imposed had undermined Hong Kong's status as an international hub. I think she's quite right, of course. The longer we delay opening the border to the rest of the world, the bigger the impact is, the adverse impact is going to be on business. I mean, one of our key positives is that we pride ourselves in being an international, regional uh, business centre. But you can't be a regional business centre if you can't have your staff travel around the region. That's the point of opening regional offices. So 
those uh, companies that have regional offices, they're the ones who are going to be particularly uh, concerned as to whether they can continue on having regional offices here. It's not a question of whether expatriate uh, people can travel because they use local people as well. So uh, the ease of tra traveling back into Hong Kong, because we all know you can travel almost anywhere in the region without quarantine, but coming back is a problem. Um, so this is, I think this is a major problem. And then, of course, companies that uh, position expatriate staff in Hong Kong are also very concerned because expatriate staff can't travel easily back to their home countries. Their children can't come and go to school uh, abroad. Uh, so these are all issues that, I mean, she should have been aware of and must have been aware of way back in the second half of last year. These issues were becoming very apparent that they were causing harm to our international business. And uh, during her earlier interview with uh, CNBC, Mrs. Lam, um, um, she also said that uh, under one country, two systems, uh, the Hong Kong administration has a high degree of autonomy on deciding how to manage a public health crisis. Do you see Hong Kong moving away from dynamic zero more distinctively than uh, when the mainland is still s sticking with the policy? Well, I think that's what Hong Kong needs to do. Um, and it's uh, good to hear her saying we have a high degree of autonomy uh, over this because I think that's something that international business wonders. Are we subject to whatever Beijing says we must do about keeping our borders open or closed? So we need to take advantage of that if we really have that freedom. And I think most international businesses would say open your borders as soon as possible. Adopt live with COVID like virtually the whole of the rest of the world is doing. This is from George Causley there speaking to Johnny Wong. A festering dispute between Britain and the EU has flared up again about Brexit arrangements in Northern Ireland. Britain is publishing legislation to change the terms of its settlement with the EU unilaterally. The British Prime Minister Boris Johnson says the changes are bureaucratic simplifications, which he dismisses as trivial. Dublin says the legislation is deeply damaging. The leader of Britain's opposition Labour Party says the issues need to be tackled through negotiation. They could be resolved around the negotiating table with statecraft, with guile, with trust. Unfortunately, we don't have those in the current Prime Minister. They won't be resolved by legislation that breaches international law and that, frankly, will impede the negotiations that, in the end, will be needed to settle this. Talks have broken down in South Korea to end a strike by truck drivers that's beginning to hit the economy and could affect the global supply of computer chips. Truckers are demanding better pay to compensate for a rise in fuel prices. BBC's Rupert Wingfield-Hayes reports. At South Korea's largest port in Busan, container movements have fallen by nearly 70%. Across the country, the strike is affecting everything from car production to steel, cement and plastics. Hyundai says it's losing 60% of production at one of its biggest car plants. The Korean Cement Association says 90% of shipments are not being made. For the rest of the world, the biggest concern is probably semiconductors. South Korea is a huge chip producer. A new report has warned of potential loopholes in the strategy by the US and EU to restrict imports of Russian oil over the conflict in Ukraine. The Centre for Research on Energy and Clean Air says the energy embargo takes as the energy embargo takes effect, more Russian crude is being diverted to India. But once the oil is refined there, much of it will be sold on to customers back in Europe and the US. One of the report's authors, Laurie Milliversus, spoke to the BBC. Part of the reason is that uh, the EU's ban on imports of Russian coal um, 
are only going to come into effect in August and then uh, the ban on seaborne oil in December. So we're definitely going to have a, uh, going to see a much bigger impact um, uh, then. Uh, the other reason is that uh, the sky high fossil fuel prices have driven up Russia's revenue, um, even though um, the import volumes uh, have fallen. Finance and U.S. two-year Treasury yields have briefly risen above 10-year borrowing costs, the so-called curving version that often heralds a recession. That's on expectations U.S. interest rates may rise faster and further than anticipated, as Mike Weeks reports. Fears the U.S. Federal Reserve could opt for an even larger rate hike than anticipated this week to contain inflation sent two-year bond yields to their highest levels since 2007. This follows inversions on Friday in the three-year, 10-year and five-year, 30-year portions of the Treasury curve after data showed the largest annual U.S. inflation increase in over 40 years, dashing hopes the Federal Reserve might pause its interest rate hike campaign in September. Many reckon the U.S. central bank may actually need to up the pace of monetary tightening. Barclays analysts now expect a 75 basis point move from the Fed on Wednesday rather than the half a percentage point rise which has been baked in. That would be the biggest single meeting hike since 1994. Money markets are now pricing a cumulative one and three quarter percentage point increase in US interest rates by September. Sport and the last two places in the Qatar World Cup will be decided in the coming days with the intercontinental playoffs. Australia face Peru in Doha later tonight with the winner joining France, Denmark and Tunisia in Group D. Australia coach Graeme Arnold says his players are well prepared for the one-off decider. South American football overall is uh, technically good, unpredictable. So you've got to be, we've got to be ready for anything that um, individually that Peru throw at us. But uh, look, I just really believe in, in our players and, and making sure that uh, our players are ready. As you said, it's a, it's a one-off game. It is a final. But uh, the most important thing is, is I keep the messaging to the boys uh, simple. The players know their jobs. Uh, they go out and they. They do it the Aussie way, and that is fight for 90 minutes and, and be very physical. The other intercontinental playoff between New Zealand and Costa Rica is tomorrow night. The winner of that match goes into Group E with Spain, Germany and Japan. Cricket and in the fourth day of the second test at Trenbridge, New Zealand are 114 for two in their second innings. Lead of 128 runs over England. England were earlier dismissed for 539. Reminder of our top stories tonight, the government says people who intend to leave, in Hong Kong, to leave Hong Kong won't be getting the next batch of spending vouchers due in August. Two people, two people have died after a gondola plunges 20 storeys at a residential building in mid-levels and Beijing authorities describe a Covid outbreak in the capital as ferocious. News from RTHK. RTHK. Radio
into our second hour this Monday night here in Hong Kong, especially for Keith, was the choice of Santana and Europa. It's, well, it was